Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Well, good morning, my dear Mary. Good morning, Jillian. How are you today? I'm doing I'm doing well. Great. Actually. So tell me why. Well, this morning I was spending time in uh, the Bible. I have this, you know, we have the Bible app and yeah, there's this course. great prayer process that you can go through. Nice. And it kind of gives you scripture to remind us about the goodness of God and the greatness of God. And, you know, um, that just centered me. So in spite of the unknown of the season we're in right now, and right. our family's in a time of significant transition right, right now, uh, it really centered me and just reminded me of the faithfulness of God and helped me to pay attention to those things in our life that he's so been clearly, clearly present. Yeah. Awesome. So it kind of set me in a really good Mind good, nice way to start to, the day. Yeah, nice way to start the day. That's kind yeah. of what I felt. So Bruce and I had this new morning routine where you know I talk about getting up, having my coffee, and just sort of entering the day quietly. Mm-hmm. Well, Bruce has been joining me, which for the first couple of days, you know, ah, uh, he's in my space. <laughs> but no, I'm quite loving it. So um, he goes and makes the coffee. He brings the coffee upstairs. I'm still waking up and I get to lay in bed and we're doing this podcast together called The Daily Still. Uh, And there are these meditations that are about nine to 11 minutes long. Mm -hmm. It's just a nice way to enter the morning. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah. yeah, it's a good practice to have. It sure. is a really good practice to have. And, you know, we talk about whatever your morning practice and your evening practice is. It's great to just figure out what works for you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because we're all different. Yeah. So listeners, just figure out what works for you. Try things, see what feels good. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's especially important because we're going to be talking about something today um, that I think a lot of us will resonate with. It's this idea of languishing. Yeah. So just to give you a little bit of history on this one, listeners, um, and you may have seen some things on social media about this. A number of weeks ago, a social psychologist by the name of Adam Grant, who's very active on Instagram, uh, talked about this idea of languishing. Mm. And he wrote an article, it was published in the New York Times, it got a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. And in this article... Adam Grant identifies that in this ongoing season of COVID lockdowns and all that comes with this, he describes languishing as a name for the blah you're feeling. Yeah. It sounds so formal languishing, but it's blah. Yeah. Yeah. And he also describes it as the void between depression and flourishing, the absence of well-being. Yeah. And then he says, it can dull your motivation and focus and may be the dominant emotion of 2021. Yeah. Oh, that just uh, describes so much of what I've been experiencing and what, as I've been working with clients, they've been describing, because it doesn't quite meet the criteria to, to be called depression. Right. But there's this sort of like, like like blah is is a really good word, yeah. but this flatness, this lack of motivation, um, things that I used to get excited about is kind of like, uh. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I kind of hit this wall a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And that's exactly how I was, I was feeling very unmotivated. And I kept kind of shaming myself. I'm like, come on, Jillian, get going. Yes. But then I was like, 
what's going on with me? Right. And so when I read this article, I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, thank goodness that there are people who can put words mm. um, to what we're feeling so that we find some solace. Yeah. That, yeah, it's just, it's not just me, mm-hmm. that there is this new word. And languishing is not a word we use particularly in our, no. our verbiage, right? No. So, and, and, and we and we're afraid to kind of use the words we're feeling depressed, right? And we, you know, because the clinical depression is a, a a a mental health issue, and so it kind of like if I'm just saying I'm feeling blue or blah, it's like I'm diminishing the suffering of other people who truly suffer from. That's right, exactly. Depression. So then I should be thankful. I should not say anything. Yes. And then we just stay coasting in this. Coasting is even the right word. Just like stuck. Yep. In this zone. So in response to his um, New York Times article, um, another person who's an author put on a rebuttal. And he says he wonders if there's another state called dormant. Hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting too. Like, you know, when you're dormant, you're kind of um, just, you're in the sleep stage Mm -hmm. where there's maybe something happening, but it's imperceivable. Yeah. And you're kind of getting ready to flourish. Right. And grow, but you're not there yet. You're kind of gathering your resources. See, that sounds so much more hopeful. It does. Because languishing, I, I appreciate the term and it's a great label to describe the blah, but it just seems like it just could go on forever. Whereas dormancy has the sense of it's just first season. Yes. It's a time of rest and renewal. In for the next season. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know where you're at, listeners, but maybe you're connecting with that word languishing, or maybe that word dormant feels a little bit better mm. because there is this kind of hope of like, you know, the flowers are going to bloom in this in a couple of weeks. So yeah. I don't know where you're at, but let's just camp on languishing for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant calls languishing the neglected middle child of mental health. Huh. Yeah. Uh, in his article, he says that he didn't recognize the symptoms of what many of us held in common during the pandemic, and many of his colleagues were reporting that they were having trouble concentrating or focusing, and a general sense of blah, even though the vaccines were on the horizon and hope was kind of dangling out there like a carrot. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes the differentiation between languishing and dormancy. Yeah. Whereas dormancy, there's hope on the horizon. Uh-huh languishing, you can't see the hope. Right. Right? Yeah. And it's also because um, there's so much that's unknown. Yes. And he was saying that his colleagues knew the difference between what they were experiencing between that and burnout and knew it wasn't depression. Uh-huh. So they had the wherewithal to go, no, as you said, this isn't depression. And no, it's not burnout. Mm-hmm. So what is this? Yeah. So languishing be came the term to describe this sense of stagnation and emptiness. Whoa. Sort of a feeling of muddling through your days, looking at one's life through a foggy windshield. Yeah, see, stagnation versus dormancy. There already is clearly a differentiation between the term of languishing and dormancy because you're stuck. Is that feeling being stuck? And not knowing how to get out of it. That's right. That's right. Whereas dormancy goes, okay, just rest a little bit longer, mm-hmm. gather the resources, mm-hmm. you know, give your body what it needs right now and your mind and your soul because something else is coming that's going to require lots of strength. Yeah. 
right? And I think maybe it's a shift in mindset. It's not necessarily a shift in reality because we don't have control over a lot of things out there with the vaccine and what's happening with the COVID rates, et cetera. But if we can shift the mindset that it is a season of dormancy, then that might give us the hope to begin to look forward uh, right. With with some anticipation. Right. Yeah. And I think for me, what happened with me when I I do recognize that I was languishing. Um, so what happened with me was I'd had my uh, vaccine mm-hmm. and my first dose. And then all of a sudden, of course, things blew up. Yeah. And there was this third wave and it's really looking dire. And, you know, I was listening to the news and the doctors were calling out how bad it really was. Mm -hmm. And then we were supposed to get vaccines, but then that hope got dashed. And then it was affecting younger and younger people. And I thought, oh no. Like, so I think that's what plunged me into this languishing Yeah, because the hope had been dangled. Yes. But then it was like yanked away. Yeah. Right. So it took me a bit to work my way out of that. Can I add, as I'm listening to you, that it's it sounds like a shift from internal locus of control to external locus of control? Oh, very much so. Like the hope is outside of us and it's based on circumstances around us. Yes. Um, so while we're also saying that languishing is very normal during this time and to give yourself a lot of compassion and grace... When you can do that mindset shift, you can actually do something about it. Yes, because the fixed mindset says, this is how it is. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. So, you know, it's kind of hopeless. Right. Other, you know, and you're powerless. Yeah. Whereas the growth mindset says, you know what? There's been some delays. Right. It's crummy. Yeah. Like, let's call it what it is. This is really, really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's stressful. But I can choose right. to either hold hope for myself right. or talk to somebody and help ask them to, you know, give me some hope. Like, right. Hold on hold- to it for me. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I was just doing some research for a, a workshop that I'm um, doing uh, around facing adversity. And adversity is one of the best tools to develop our resiliency and... Um, shine our strengths that are there. Yes. And so again, it's a, it's a, it's a choice to see that as, okay, this is tough, but I can be resilient. I can be strong through this. That's right. And so that's why that flipping it into sort of that sense of its dormancy as opposed to just language. Yeah. And I'm so great stuff. So in response, like this word dormant came up and uh, this fellow, Austin Cleon, suggests that many of us are dormant like a volcano <laughs> waiting to be activated. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that perhaps... That sounds so powerful. Yeah. And he's like, he says, perhaps we shouldn't expect to flourish in bad conditions, but it's worth a try. Huh. So, you know, I kind of like the idea that I'm like a volcano <laughs> that's <laughs> about to waiting to be activated. <laughs> And, you know, in, in the recent, um, like, we just had that volcano, where is it, in Finland or Iceland, mm-hmm. that erupted, like, last month, you right. know, in the pictures of that. So if you need a great visual, right. just look up volcano erupting, you yeah. know. Yeah, um, So I think that's kind of interesting because with volcanoes, there's kind of always this wait and see, and it's kind of a spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. And it draws people because it's so mesmerizing. Right. So maybe we can be mesmerizing. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out some words for you people that 
I want you to cling to. I'm sitting here across from Julianne trying to look mesmerizing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you do. Thank you. (laughs) So you shared some of your thoughts on this, Mary, but what are some of the realistic expectations to have during times of crisis or during a bad time? So help us out here. What could some of the realistic expectations, and maybe you just talk about our internal locus of control and external locus of control, as we're in this waiting season mm-hmm. of the volcano where we're waiting to be activated. Right. And I, and I think, and we've talked about this before, but I want to remind our listeners that um, when we're during, when we're going through times of crisis, uh, it affects our nervous system because our nervous system has this natural rhythm that allows us to cope with the ups and downs of life. And when the, our nervous system is in balance, we feel like our best self. We're like zinging. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, people call this the resilient zone. And when we're in the resilient zone, it feels like we can do anything and we can just handle the stresses of life better. But when there's prolonged stress, we can end up in the high zone or the low zone. And high zone just meaning that our nervous system has become activated to deal with perceived threat. Well, we, we, we see threat all around us with mm-hmm. COVID. And yep. so when you stay too long at that state of heightened, um, you know, awareness of stress, you can end up then crashing to the low zone. And that's where you end up feeling unmotivated and uh, numb. Um, that's where you feel like you're languishing. Right. Um, so the thing that is so important, and I know we've talked about this before, but again, it, it's such a worthy reminder because I myself need to be reminded of it, is that um, we actually have a lot of control over how we experience stress. That's really great news because if you remember, stress is our emotional internal response to the external stressor. And it's our emotional response that's what causes us to languish and to struggle and all of that. So while we can recognize the reality of things happening outside our control, it's our um, response to it that makes a big difference on how we can manage it. And we've done this. We've Such talked a about good this reminder. before with the Happiness Hacks yeah. uh, podcast. Um, go back and listen to that if you want, if, if, if you need reminding of it. Uh, but it, it helps you to actively, proactively on a regular basis, like, like we just talked about this morning, waking up, listening to um, that podcast that you mentioned, yep. The Daily Still. Those are great habits that gives us a sense of, Uh, managing our inner world, uh, which helps to grow our resilience. Yeah. And it's such a good reminder that we, although sometimes we do feel like we're powerless and hopeless, we're not. Yeah. yeah. And we have to have that reminder, Mm -hmm. right? Because you, I, I know I can sink pretty quickly. Right. Especially when I allow my feelings Mm -hmm. to kind of overrule what I know. Right. And I have to remind myself, you know, these feelings are real. Mm-hmm. These feelings are worthy. Right. But I don't, I don't need my feelings to override my thoughts. Right. And see, the thing with chronic stress equals chronic anxiety equals chronic reactivity. Yeah. So when you let your body stay in that state of feeling stressed, the natural direction is feeling anxious and then reactive. And if we're in thing with stress is, again, we can manage it. 
It's our emotional response. We need to tell our bodies that we're actually safe. We're not in danger uh, immediately. Right. Um, a lot of it is perceived or it's anticipated. And so if we can do something to just tell our bodies we're safe, we're okay. And especially for those of us who are Christ followers, that he is sovereign, he is in control, and that you know God is with us through this. Yeah. It allows us to take that deep breath. Exactly. And, you know, get back to that place where we could potentially be flourishing again. That's right. So listeners, that's just, you know, such a good reminder. And if you're feeling this languishing or dormancy, um, there we've posted some other things in podcasts that may be helpful for you at this season to just take a look at and listen and remind yourself that you do have, you know, you, you do have hope in this season um, and we want to encourage you. Yeah. The other thing I want to say, because our podcast is all about uh, personal growth, mm-hmm. is that there are seasons where um, uh, you can have a lot more grace. Like I was just talking to a client and she was just like, oh, how is this still happening that I'm doing the same old patterns? And she was beating herself up. Yeah. And I said, you know, we are going through a difficult season right now. And sometimes growth is just about being gracious towards yourself yes. and care of yourself and not being pushing so hard to constantly try to grow and, and strive for better and better because then that moves you out of a place of uh, that resting in who you are, uh, uh, how you know where God is in your life. Sure. So, well, and when you're in a dormant state, you can't push yourself to grow. No. Like you don't have the resources. No. You haven't got the nutrients. Mm-hmm. You haven't got the water content. You haven't got the development. Yeah. To push yourself to growth. That's forced growth. Yeah. And that's not going to be sustained. It's not sustainable. When we do the Enneagram coaching, um, you know, the the, the IAQ nine report always gives us the re- results around their stress and strain yes. profile, and we tell our clients, if your stress and strain profile is showing any red, that's your first focus. That's right. And that's what you have to take care of. And when that happens, then you can begin to focus on where you need to grow. Exactly. So listeners, you know, some of our episodes are definitely more difficult. It pushes you more to kind of look and examine and all of that. And then we've got other episodes that are a bit more lighthearted and those that give you more tools. If that's kind of the space you're at where you're resonating with this languishing and the sense of like, oh, go back to those episodes. Yeah, and, exactly. And get yourself those tools to help you to do better self-care during this season and know that the desire to grow is still there. You are still very teachable. That's why you follow this podcast. And the the, the the nurturing of your spirit and your soul right now will give you the resources down the road for when you want to lean into some of the more heavy duty um, exercise that we ask you to do. Yeah. So I want to throw this concept out to you, Mary. Um because we talk about, uh, you know, the spectrums yeah. of health. Yeah. And I think our well-being is also on a spectrum. Mm. You know, the spectrum from, it may be from languishing mm-hmm. to the spectrum to thriving and, as you say, zinging. Yeah. But we don't stay in the zinging. Yeah, no. It's it's not sustainable, actually. Right. It's not right. realistic. Right. So if we can look at our well-being too as a spectrum mm, where that. where there are stages along the spectrum where yes we are in seasons of flourishing but maybe we're in seasons of dormancy mm-hmm. maybe we're in seasons of learning for growth mm-hmm. maybe we're in seasons of 
a rest. Yeah. And maybe we are seasons of languishing. Right. So that when these seasons hit that don't feel as great as flourishing, we can go, okay, I know what's happening here. My body is resting. Right. Um, I need rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we take vacations. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's why we feel so good when we're on vacation because mm-hmm. we're taking care. Yeah. Uh, but there's also these stages where we can be paying attention to. Right. And maybe if we're tracking our well-being spectrum, mm-hmm. we can go, oh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no wonder I feel this way because this is what's going on on the external right. that is actually affecting my internal world. Yeah. And yeah, permission to sort of go, yeah, mm-hmm. you can just feel this way. Yeah, no, that's that's really, really good. I love that. You know, it, it, it's a reminder that transformation isn't a linear process and that it's always this forward moving. In fact, it can look pretty, pretty messy and right. have lots of aspects and it may seem like you're going backwards, but that's all part of the growth uh, and taking into account this the spectrum. Uh in, in a couple of podcasts, we're going to be talking about healthy integration. And uh, people often think about healthy integration as if it's, you know, once you arrive, you arrive. Oh, I wish. I know. <laughs> but the levels of integration uh, shifts in our lifetime because we change and we might have stressors or situations happening, or there may be certain relationships that cause us more heartache. It, that's a natural rhythm of life. So that doesn't mean you're not generally healthy or generally uh, teachable and all those things, but it's having grace for the fact that you're going to have times where you're showing behaviors that's pretty low in integration and there's a reason for it. And growth means that I'm at least tracking it and I'm aware of it, and then I'm going to do better next time. Right. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah. really helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we've camped on this, um, and I will post a link to this article if you're interested in the show notes, mm-hmm. but what would you say uh, for a, th- a therapeutic tip if people are feeling this kind of right. languishing or even dormancy? Yeah, so uh, I've got three uh questions or exercises I want people to think about. And and you know what? If you're in that state of languishing, I'm not expecting no. a thesis. No, exactly. <laughs> it's just to give some thought to it. So the first question is, what are the imagined or anticipated threats that might be fueling your current level of stress and anxiety? And how is this even manifesting in your body? So just track and give yourself that space to kind of go, you know what? I am feeling stressed. Yeah. And this is what's happening in my body. And these are the thoughts that's going on in my mind that's causing this stress. So awareness. And then the second question is being aware of how your anxiety and your stress level is impacting your family system and vice versa. Yeah. So just think about your family system and how would you describe your emotional uh, temperature of your family right now? And what anxiety and reactivity are you observing? And how much is that because of the stress? And then... How much are you contributing to that? And not oh, that's for, a great question. Not for you to be beating yourself up, but just to kind of go, okay, wait, I could actually change the temperature of our family system. I can have an impact as I'm taking care of myself. So my self-care actually helps with my family, especially if you're a parent at, at this time and you've got young kids who are kind of stressed out. So that's two. And then the third most important thing is what daily habits can you put into p- place to teach your body that you're safe? And yes. Go back to that Happiness Hacks podcast. Uh, there are lots of simple um, ideas uh, that you can implement and just yeah. do it like religiously. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got to tell you, my morning walk is such a time of, because when I walk, 
you wouldn't know that there's anything going on in the world. Yes, exactly. Right? The birds are chirping. Yes. You know, the insects are coming out. Growth is happening. Yes. All those tulips and everything are coming up. Yeah. Trees are budding. You wouldn't think that the world is in such a crazy place. Mm-hmm. So it's a reminder to me that all of that is going on mm-hmm. despite how we're feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. That. Yeah. So the life coaching tip, I would encourage us all, and this is a new thought for me, mm-hmm. as my state of well-being on a spectrum. So mm-hmm. whether you want to draw a rainbow or an arch or something like that. So we have the highs of thriving to sort of the lows of this languishing. Mm-hmm. And being able to look at our lives in this light allows for us to identify how we're doing, mm. but also to accept that we're not always thriving. We're not always languishing. Mm-hmm. And to know how to handle the lows and care for ourselves through them, just like you were saying. Right. So we're not just always white knuckling. Yes. Right. Yes. Waiting for it to be over. Yeah. That I do have some control. Right. So identify your well-being spectrum. What does yeah. it look like for you? Mm. Um, you know, you may be able to identify other stages on your well-being spectrum, mm-hmm. right? That we haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. And how can you create some check-in points yes. when you be maybe moving down the yes. spectrum towards the icky side of it, mm-hmm. right? That's perfect, yeah. And that. how do you create, as you said, how do you create care for yourself at these points so you can get through them and be gentle with yourself, knowing that these stages don't last? Yes. Oh, that's great. Love it. So that's really helpful for me because I... Yeah, I had to do a little talking to myself when mm-hmm. I read that article. And, oh, yeah, this is where you're at, girl. Yeah. But I know when you were talking about with me, there was a, a, such a relief because there is a label for what you're feeling. Yes. And it allowed you to stop beating yourself up because you're not trying hard enough to like get your button gear and all Well, exactly. That. As soon as I read that article, I sent it off to you and a few friends and said, hey, yeah, this is where I'm at. Yes. What do you think? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and immediately I got some... People holding hope for me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm still going to feel icky tomorrow, but I'll be able to get through this. That's right. Love it. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.